discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. to be in the house of God. You are welcome to our all-day meeting. You are welcome to all day with Pastor T. So we are going to be here throughout the day. Hallelujah. It's going to be wonderful, isn't it? I'd like to welcome you once again. And, uh, I know you've enjoyed the service already. But we are now coming to even enjoy it even more. So... It will not be a small thing at all. Let me see your hand if you are from uh, China. China. Which other, which other country is there? Denmark. Let me see your hand if you are from Denmark. Denmark. Which other country again? Ethiopia. Give me a hand if you are. I can see some Ethiopians in the system. So it is International Day as well. We are going to have a lot of presentations being done here. Then it is our love feast as well. Hallelujah. So we are going to be enjoying a meal in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's thank God for this opportunity. Father, we are grateful. Just speak in tongues for some two seconds and thank God. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 9. You know, I've been sharing concerning now that you're born again. Um, I know some of you are here uh, from your other churches today. But then I started sharing with those who are in this particular um, branch church concerning the born again experience. How important it is, how vital it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, I shared concerning some things then. If you listen to the podcast, I'm sure you'd have heard what I said on that place. Hallelujah. But I want to go a step further. Okay? Which will benefit everybody. Hallelujah. And the Lord called, Lord God called Adam unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Now, this is the experience of Adam after he had partaken of the fruits of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, the Bible didn't say it was an apple. Okay, a lot of people th- say, say that it's, it was an apple. It wasn't an apple. You are at liberty to eat your apples. Yeah. You know, sometimes people also talk about the, the pigs that Jesus casted out the demons into. Remember, those pigs ended up in the sea of Galilee. They didn't come back out. So you are at liberty to eat your pork as well. Okay, just be happy. And eat your domedo. So in this place, he was, he was letting us know um, what happened when Adam partook of the fruit. So Adam partook of the fruit. The Bible says that his eyes were opened 
and he saw that he was naked. So now the nakedness is beyond physical nakedness. He was without covering. He had lost the glory of God. The Bible says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So it had more to do with, it went beyond just mere nakedness. That was part, but then it was beyond that. He had lost his covering. So when God came into the garden, was looking for him, as always, okay? When he got there and called for Adam, he said, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Adam, where are you? Where art thou? Look at the response of Adam. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid. Fear had come. This is the very first time the word fear was used in the Bible. The very first time fear, you know, was even used in the world. Fear entered, like you have in Romans. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, and I was naked because I was naked, and I hid myself. He was hiding from God. This has been the history of man. Since this day, man hides from God. Man can't stand before a just, righteous, holy God. It's not possible. So man finds ways and means to try and get to God, get to know God. Some go through some wood, some stones, some rivers, some... People even worship shoes. Everything is worship. In an attempt to, you know, get back to God. Because you can't stand before the holiness and the, the, the righteous. God is a righteous God. You can't. It's not possible. So Adam hid himself. And then God asked him. Because he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. So God asked him. Look how God asked him. And he said, who told you? God didn't say, what are you talking about? Or why are you saying what you are saying? God asked him, who told you? Who told you? That's what God said. Who to- say who told you. Say it again. Say to the other neighbor. Who told you? Where did you get that information from? Because up until that time, God was the only one who was giving the information to Adam. God was the only one who was talking to Adam. Adam was God conscious. Adam was nothing else conscious. So when Adam said, I am naked. I am naked. I've lost your glory. God said, who told you? Our lives are a reflection of the things we've been told since we were born. All our lives. So preachers have a difficulty. Huge task. To reorient you. To get to know exactly what God wants you to see. And wants you to know. You know when the Bible says in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jacob. That's a side attraction. Jacob was sleeping. God came into his dreams. And God, not just his dreams. God was there. Angels were climbing up and down. Angelic traffic was happening. Something significant was happening. Knowledge concerning the Christ was being revealed. Jesus said that, Jesus said to Nathaniel, have you, you just heard me talk about the fact that I saw you standing under the fig tree and you are surprised. You think I'm the son of God. Well, then what will you say 
when you see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of God. And that was actually what happened during Jacob's time. But Jacob was asleep. Then he woke up. So you can sleep whilst the word of God is coming. You can sleep whilst God is talking to you. And you miss out on what God wants you to hear. And you hear it after five years. Because God works in cycles. God works in cycles. He doesn't work. He works in cycles. He says, I knock at the door. Open. If you don't open, forget it. There's a time when he would knock. He says, this is the day. This is the day when he will help you. This is the acceptable time. This is the accepted time. There's a day that he will help you. After that day, he will not help you. Do you understand? So you have to be very, very smart. Whenever you come into the house of God, know exactly what is going on. Don't just come to just entertain yourself and go. This is the time for God to minister to you. So God is ministering to you. So flow with what God is saying. When you are moved to shout, don't let your shout be, be, be of the flesh. Let your shout be of the spirit. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So don't be everything. Hey, you will not hear anything. You will just be shouting. And you go away the same way you came. Okay, go back to what I was saying. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have what? So when you believe, what is the result of believing in the name of the Lord Jesus? You receive something called what? Everlasting life. Everlasting life is not something we get in the streets by and by. Everlasting life is something you receive the day you become born again, the day you receive Christ into your life. As soon as you receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and personal Savior, you get something. You get something. And that thing is called the life of God. You receive the life of God. So just as you were told that you are uh, Mr. Mensah's son or daughter, you were told. Who, who told you that Mr. Mensah is your father? No, people have grown up after some years and found out that their daddy was not their daddy. It was someone else. They looked like him. They talked like him, but he was actually not their dad. So many stories like that. Only the woman knew. No one knows. But the woman knows. Only the woman knows. Hallelujah. Yeah. Who told you you are Ghanaian? What is Ghana about you? You say it's my accent. No. If someone lives in Ghana for some time, you pick up the accent. There's an accent in this country. You pick it up. You don't need to be Ghanaian. How many of you remember Kaliu? Kaliu is not Ghanaian. Kaliu is Lebanese. He was born in Lebanon. But he stayed in Ghana for so many years. He's back in Lebanon now. He stayed in Ghana for so many years. So his, his English is Ghana English. Yeah. He speaks tree. He speaks guys. He just, he just flows. Charlie, what's up? What did happen? Just like any other person. Hallelujah. So there's nothing, every single thing about us is information received from people. That's why in America there's confusion now concerning whether you are male or female because they are being told that. The kids are being told that you can leave it. Now it's not woman. It's now woo people. Yes. Do you understand? It's not, it's, it's woo person, not even woo person. Not woman, woo person, or mankind is person kind. Because if you say man, it's like it's too masculine, it's too restricting, so it has to be generalized. The liberals are pushing for all kinds of things to be done. Very soon, they'll be legalizing marriages between human human beings and dogs, and cats and animals. 
bestiality will be a, a thing of the norm. Things that God has said no to is what everybody is saying yes to. And societies keep changing. We are not seeing it down here. You go out there, you see it more. Yeah. Because they can, they can tell you, oh, you are not really, the way you are behaving, your sexuality is what? It's fluid. So you could easily become a guy. Or you could easily become a lady. So they tell you and tell you and tell you and then you begin to accept it. You know, there's this big minister of God in this country whose son was in a certain school in this country. And uh, it was a boy's school. So some of the guys wanted to sleep with a boy because they are gay. Do you know how they started? They started by letting him know how wonderful his hips were. Guy. So they'll tell him, your hips are very nice. Then he'll smack his bottoms. That's what they were doing. For one whole year, you know, he was just in a state of macabre dance. He couldn't, he was, he couldn't tell what he really was. What, am I a guy or am I a girl? They, because they, they kept saying things into his ears. They had said so many things about how he looks like a lady and how, you know, his bottoms and his hips and the way he walks and the way he talks. Every, so he was beginning to believe it. He was beginning to believe it. Until his father got to hear about it. And said, listen, you are not going back to that school. It's because they had, met, they had told the authorities that this was what was happening. And the authorities didn't do anything about it. He said, oh, there's no man. There's nothing wrong. So he took him out from there to another school. A miss school. And when, <laughs> when he went to the miss school, that was when he, other people started you know, seeing him as a guy. And telling him that he's a guy. Then he st- because he was believing the other one. What I'm trying to say is that your life is a, is a reflection of the things you've been told. That's why God asked Adam, who told you that you are naked? So sometimes you have a guy who is stuck on the fact that he's, he's, he's a sinner. He's born again. He's a child of God. But he's stuck on that thing that he's a sinner. Because it's been said to him several times in several places. Even the guy leading the, pray, the prayer will come and say, we are all sinners. Let's begin to confess our sin. That's why you never confess your sin in church. Have you ever conf- confessed your sin in church? No, if we should start, conf- because confession has to do with naming, admitting, and repenting. Out loud, not. The one we say, begin to confess your sins. Everybody, the whole church goes quiet. Because you can't say, you can't say what you did. You can't say what you did. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can't say what you did. What you've been told will rule your life. If you are told that you are poor, there are parents who advise their, their children, you know, we are coming from a poor home. So, so, you, we are poor. You have to be careful in life. And that's what they grew up with. Until they meet the word of God to change their minds, they, will, they may be stuck in that particular reality. It is your reality. Because you were told. Ask your neighbor, what have you heard? What have you heard? That's why Jesus said, take heed how you hear. Not what you hear, but how you hear. How you hear. It's important. How you hear. Look at John chapter 1 verse 11. Let's read from verse 12 so it makes it, makes it easier. Okay? John 1 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave what? Have you received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior? 
He says, to those who received him, this is God talking. Believe me when I tell you. This is God. It's on the screen. But it's not, our, it's not our writing. This is from the word. This is the word of God. Do you understand the word of God? This is Pastor Vivian. This Pastor Vivian can have her word. She has her words. These are things that Pastor Vivian says. But these are things that God is saying. So he says, that as, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Sons of God. So what are you now? You are a son, you are a daughter of God. Then he says, even to them that believe on his name. Have you believed on his name? Then God is telling you that you are a child of God. You must, you have to believe, you have to believe, you have to accept it. Okay? And think like that. God has really given us his life. He has. Children who are not born, which are born not of blood, meaning that now your life does not depend on your blood. In Deuteronomy, he says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. But in this place, he's letting you know that your life is no longer in your blood. Your life is now in God's word. You have to believe it. You have to believe what God is telling you. What God is telling you is more powerful than what men can tell you. That's why he says, let God be true. And let all men be liars. Let God be true and let all men be liars. Even your circumstances may not be true. Your circumstances may be telling you something else. But what God has said is true. What God has said is true. <laughs> First John chapter 5. Let's read from verse 9. First John 5, 9. This is why I ended the last time. Okay, So I want to pick it up from there. Today I'm talking about righteousness. I want to share with you concerning righteousness. I'm sharing concerning the born, now that you're born again. Now that you're born again, what's, what's, what has happened to you? What has happened to you? Is it because you can, you can have something, we can will something to you. Your father can die, okay, and will a property to you. But if you don't know about the property, you will not enjoy the property. Even though it is yours. You may have the papers that shows that the property is yours. But because you don't know that it is yours, you will never enjoy it. It will be there, but you never enjoy it. There are lots of Christians like that. They have a lot of wild things inside them, but because they don't know what they have, nothing happens. There are lots of Christians who are defeated. They are in trouble. No money. No confidence. It's so sad. No money, no confidence, no nothing. Their lives are just going down and down and down and down and down and down and down. Christians, it's not supposed to be like that. And that has become their normal. Because they've seen it for a long time, so it, it has become their normal. That's what they are used to. That's what God gave to me. <laughs> but that is a better life. Tell me about that's a better life. No, there is. There is. No, if Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 is true, Ephesians 2 10, if it is true, and it is what God says. Then you don't have any business suffering. One day I was preaching, I said, You can just decide that from today on, I'll not suffer again. Because suffering is a mindset. Suffering is a mindset. You don't know the heat I'm in. But I'm not. The Bible says, Rejoice evermore. These are instructions from God. Rejoice evermore. Yeah. Rejoice evermore. For we are God's own handiwork. He's talking to you and I. Are you born again? If you are not born again, I'll lead you to Christ. Okay, in a moment. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew. Born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined. 
planned beforehand for us taking past which he prepared us for ahead of time that we should walk in them living their good life did you hear that living what their good life how is your sickness a good life no there are people who customize their sickness oh my asthma as for my as for my hypertension when it comes i behave like i behave like this what I, my what my bilibili Tell neighbor, stop customizing sickness. The Bible says that Moses was 120 years old and his eyes were not dim. He was not bent. The guy was standing up straight. His eyes were, were seeing every single thing. 120. Everything was fine. Who told you that when you turn 70, everything has to go away? Say, I cross 70 with ease. Say it again. I cross 70 with ease. You have to be saying some of those things for yourself. You have to be confessing the reality of God's word for your, for your life. Yeah, because sickness is dangerous. Just yesterday, we had a very interesting call coming in. You know? Very interesting call. The guy was just there. All of a sudden, something strange just happened to him. And within two hours, three hours, he was in the hospital. Strange. He was lying in his own bed. And woke up different. Tell me life is not spiritual. No, tell me life is not spiritual. There are those who behave as though life is just what it is. If you don't cook yourself up, one being one. Eh? You need to be one. How do you say that in English? You need to cook yourself. You have to cook yourself in God. Because there are people walking around cooked with all kinds of things. They bought themselves with fried themselves with all kinds of things. You are walking around just like that. You have to be strong. You have to go. That is why you have to go deep in the word. The deeper you go in the word, the stronger you become. The deeper you go in the spirit, the stronger you become. The deeper you go in prayer, the stronger you become. That's how it is. You see. And life is a race of spirituality, actually. There was, there was a time when those who were strong, rude. We are now in a time when people, those who are strong in their minds, rule. But they are, they are, there's a time coming, and it now is. When those who are strong in the spirit will rule. <laughs> good life. Say good life. good life. Say it again. Good life. Good life. Is sickness good? No. How many of you like sickness? There are some people who do. They like sickness because when they are sick, that's when they'll get eggs to eat. That's when they'll get the attention they need. That's when they'll get fruit early to drink. Or moths to drink. Hallelujah. Say, my life is different. Say it again. My life is different. Say, I'm a child of God. I believe it. Because God says it. So, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 9. Go to 1 John 5, 9. 1 John 5, 9. These things are very important. Very, very important. You have to know. You have to look at yourself. You have to know exactly what has happened to you. Exactly what you have become. Okay. He says, if you receive the witness of men, if you receive the testimony of men, if you receive the books that men have written, there are people who read people's books, successful people's books. Because it's, it's a man. And it's like, what he has done is real. If Donald Trump should write a book, you want to, you want to get it. 
Because what he has done is real. You can see the buildings, the tram towers and the, all those things. You can see them. So you write doc, he writes a document, writes a book, and everybody reads it and wants to practice what is inside the book. If we receive the witness of men, because we do, we receive the, the testimony of men is just normal. I mean, we like it. Because we believe that seeing is believing. There's nothing wrong with the witness of men. It's great. But if you really believe the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Who created that man who made the Trump Towers? Who, who created him? Who gave him the wisdom to do what he did? Who? So whose word will you believe? Will you believe the creator or the one who was created? The creator, is, it, makes, it makes sense. I mean, it's a sign of wisdom to believe the one and trust in the word of the one who made all things. The sun has never failed. Every day, the sunrise, since you were born. Have you seen the day when the sun decided that today is angry, it's not coming up? Never. Every time the sun rises, who made the sun? Who made the sun? How come it doesn't rain upwards? It doesn't rain upwards. The rains come from the ground and just, you know, splashes of it and goes into the sky. How come it doesn't happen? I always ask this question. How come the trees don't grow downwards? Who commanded the trees to grow upwards? Like this tree? Because you put it in the ground. It should be growing down. Gravity is acting on it. Can't you understand? Gravity is, the laws of gravity says that whatever goes up must come down. But the trees don't go, they go up. Meanwhile, there's no force in them. I mean, there's no, what kind of force is inside them that is causing them to go against the laws of gravity? The law of flight is not working in them. How come? The one who set all these things in course is the one who's talking to you. He says that if you believe in the witness of men, you believe in the testimonies of man, what men can tell you, then what God tells you is greater. Do you agree? Yes. Let's see what God has said. For this is the witness of God. This is what God has said. Concerning his own son, Jesus Christ. Look at the next verse. He that believeth on the son of God has the witness in, in himself. He that believeth not God has made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. This is the record that God has given us eternal life. Now, you may not feel it. You, you don't have to feel it. It's more than a feeling. It's a knowing. I know if I drop dead right now, I know where my home is going to be. No two ways about it because I have the life of God in me. Since this is the witness that we have in ourselves. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. We are the children of God. It's a witness from within. If that witness is not there, you will not do well. Believe it. You have the life and nature of God. What makes God God is what is inside you. Can you imagine? You may not feel it. Nobody around you can, can see it. Jesus was God himself tabernacled in flesh. Yet his brothers did not know. His own brothers did not know. Can you imagine? God was washing their clothes. And washing the bulls. Hitting nails into wood with hammer. God. Yeah. Nobody knew that it was God. He knew he was God. But nobody else knew because there was nothing special on his face. That showed that this is, as he's going, there's a mark. Saying that this is God. This is God. 
Nothing like that. It took the, res- the, the resurrection and the ascension. Even the resurrection, they weren't, they weren't really bothered much about it. It took the ascension. As Jesus was being lifted into the skies, then everybody was like, hey, ah, is, is this the guy we were with? Because right before them, in Acts chapter 1 verse 9, the Bible says that right before them, he was a cloud, took him away from them. Whilst he was, as he was talking to them, he was talking to them. Talking to them. Go into the world and preach to the nations. As he was talking to them, he was lifted off of his feet. And he entered the clouds. They were all looking like that. They saw their brother entering the cloud. Mary saw her own son entering the cloud. James and all those guys, they saw him entering the skies. That was when they realized that truly, that was, that was God. But there was nothing physical about him. In the same way, you can have the life of God. You have the life of God now. But there's nothing physical on your, on your head. But it is there. See, I have the life of God. The more you say to yourself, the more really becomes to you. You know, why, why, why is eternal life important? Eternal life is important because it brings you a certain quality of life. There's a God life. There's a dog life. There's dog, D-O-G life. Okay? There's the God life. There's, there's animal life. And even in animal life, there are different types. The life of a rabbit is different from the life of a goat. It's the life of a rabbit that makes it look like a rabbit. And makes it do the things it does. And behave the way it behaves. And make the sounds it, it makes. Okay? That is the life that is inside the dog. Hallelujah. So the life of God is what makes God succeed. The normal human life fails. That is why man says that life is war. He's telling you about his experience. It is the truth in his world. Because according to the normal human life, there is failure ahead of you. To be a man, nawao. They are not lying. It's the truth in their world. Is the truth according to the life, the normal human life. It is a nature of the human, the natural human life to be sick. It's normal. Yeah. It's normal. That's how it is. It's normal for the natural human life to be poor because of its natural destiny, where it was born. If you are born to poor parents, the probability that you be poor is very high. And continuing it is very high. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's a normal, natural life. The normal, natural life can fail. It fails. It fails. It may not be wise. There are big, old people who are actually children. They've just grown old in age. And in facial stature and all those things. But in terms of character, in terms of attitude, they are children. I met a man recently. He's a child. Clearly. Haven't you seen some before? Old man, but he's a child. Like when he's talking, you know that this man, he's clearly, you see, because this man that I'm talking about was talking about very sensitive things out loud in front of a lot of people who should not hear that thing. But he was just talking. Do you do that? You don't do that. So what, what, does, what does it tell of him? He's a child. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You can have an uncle who is clearly a child. Fighting over things that he's not supposed to fight over. I mean, what is the wisdom in my father has died? Okay? My father did property when he died. And he left the property. Who's, who are the properties supposed to go to? Who? The children. So how come my, my uncle can come and come and take all the things away from me? The uncles who are praying for their brothers to die. 
Oh, you've not seen some before. Clearly, he's a child. He's still thinking about the days when he had the toys. When they had toys. He's still thinking about that. He's still thinking like that. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. This is the word. This is the record of God. This is what God is saying. I have given you eternal life. Eternal life does not fail. Eternal life does not fall sick. Those are the qualities of the life of God. It does not fall sick. Eternal life is wisdom. It is wise. So don't think that when you have eternal life, you will look different. Like when you receive eternal life, then like PJ Mas. I don't know if you know PJ Mas. You just change the cartoon. You just change. Uh, uh, how many of you watched uh, the ogre? Shrek. You see the way Shrek's wife can change and change back. There's nothing like that in the world. There's not. You may not find anything like that in, in never. Superman. Have you seen anybody flying around recently? Yeah, it means that the person is another dimension altogether. There's nothing like that. Same, the, the light, when you receive eternal life, you may not see your, your color changing from dark to fair. It doesn't happen. But something is in there. Something is inside. And that life is, con- it is consistent with the ability, the power of God. It's the life and the nature of God. What makes God God is what has come into you. What makes God, what grants God the ability to, to create? God is the one who creates. He creates things. He says things and it happens. That's what the life of God does. The life of God says things and it happens. Yeah. So don't think about the life of God as some strange something that will hit you and then you just change. There's nothing like that. It looks normal, but it is the life of God. It is the supernatural life of God that is working. Jesus looked normal. Jesus looked normal. Just like he looked normal. They wee-weed, he wee-weed. They poo-poo, they poo So the life of God wee it poo-poos. You eat, you wee you poo do you understand? Yeah. He felt hungry. He cried. He wept. He felt tired. He slept. The life of God does all those things. It does all those things. Just that the life of God cannot be defeated by challenges. When the winds arose, what did Jesus do? He stood up and rebuked the winds. That is the life of God at work. That is the life of God at work. Every other person who did not have the life of God was, uh, was afraid. James, Peter, all those guys, they were all afraid. What are we going to do? Lord, don't you care that you are perishing? We are, what, what are, what, you are sleeping. The, the winds are coming. What are you talking about? If it wasn't because of you, we would not be here. I would have been lying by my wife. What have I gotten myself involved in? Jesus stood up and looked at their faces. And went and calmed the sea. And calmed the storm. And came back to sleep. That is the life of God. When he was going, he said, why? Why are you, of, you all you men of little faith? And went to bed. Because a natural man may have nothing. He may have no faith. But the life of God has to, it, it, The life of God was born with faith. Do you understand? Yeah. Just trying to help you think accurately. I do not fail. Say, I do not fail. If I, touch it, if I touch it, it will work. Yeah, because when it falls into your hands, it starts falling into the hands of God. And it will work. That's how it is. It will work. If you are involved, it will work. Unless you don't know it. The key to it is knowing what you have become. If you know what you have become. Listen, you have become the tabernacle of God. Don't you understand? God is living and breathing in you. That is what you have become. 
So as I'm moving around, I'm moving around as a temple of God. The temple of the living God. It says, you are the temples of the living God. No fear. What, what, what is fear? Hallelujah. Say, I'm a success. Say it like you mean it. Because the life of God is a success. It cannot fail. It may look like you're failing. It's just, it's just, it's why we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. This, you see, knowing that you have eternal life will help you go through life always on the high. No matter, you are unscathed by circumstances, unscathed by problems, things that are around. You don't, you don't even see it. Hallelujah. That's just, I'm just trying to introduce the subject to you. Are you following me now? Are you sure? Hallelujah. See, I'm different. Okay, so the next thing is that you are the righteousness of God. Okay? Now that you are born again, you are. It is not a fallacy. It is not hearsay. It is reality. It is not a cliche. It is not something we are trying to think about. It is a reality. It's a fact. You may not know it in your mind. But there's something that has really happened. You are the righteousness of God. You have become the righteousness of God. Okay? First thing is you have the life and nature of God. Now you, have the, you are the righteousness of God. And I want to explain that to you. Can I explain that to you? Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10. You can call them the tenets of Christianity. This is, these are the things. <laughs> Without these things. You see, if you don't know A, B, C, D, and you don't know S or so, if you were taught that S-O is low and G-O is so and uh, M-O is low, what do you think will happen to you when you are now forming sentences? If you see a spelling like this, S-O-C-O-T-O-A, Sokatwa, how will you call it? Lo-mo-fua. That's what you say, isn't it? Why? Because your foundation is not correct. For a building to come up, this building has a very well foundation. It can go up like five times or six times. A helicopter can land on it. Yeah, that was, how, that was what it was built for. It can land on it without any problems. Yeah, because the foundation is good. If your foundations are not good as a child of God, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. If you are not taught right, you are in trouble. That's why a lot of Christians are in trouble right now. They are Christians. But the devil can come into your life and do anything. They can come and do anything. Yeah, anything can happen to them. They, are like, they live by chance. Anything can just happen to them. They expect good things to happen. Good things don't, don't just happen. You make good things happen. If you are born again, you must make good things happen. The Bible says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. You must bring forth good things. You must make good things happen. Do you understand? Yeah. You know, you stop praying that God make something good. No, do something new in my life. He will not do anything new in your life. Because what he did, you've not even seen it. You've not seen what he did. How is he going to do something new in your life? It is very, very important. Okay? Very, very, this is SOSO. G-O-Go. If you have that, then you would know. M-E-Me, you would know. The other ones. Let's read from verse 8. I think it will be nicer from verse 8. 
Hallelujah. But what's the added? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, that is the word of faith, which, which we preach. What do we preach? We preach that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy mouth that God has risen from the dead, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Next verse. For with the heart. Say with the heart. Say it once again. With the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With your heart you believe unto something called righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we believe unto righteousness. We believe unto righteousness. Righteousness is very important. What is righteousness? Righteousness is the life and nature of God. To be right. Always. Hallelujah. For with the heart. Say with the heart. Man believeth unto righteousness. Righteousness. What is righteousness? I said righteousness is the life and the nature of God. To be what? To be right. Always. Okay? <laughs> the Bible says God cannot lie. Because if God says you are male, immediately he says you are male, you become male. That God is right. God cannot be wrong. Stop asking foolish questions. Why is it that God allowed? You don't even know who is in charge of the world. It's not, God is not the one managing the affairs of the world. There's someone called the God of this world. The flooding and all those. It's not God, though, brother. God is sitting somewhere. It's quiet. If you don't do something about it, you'll be there. Get to know the word. Tell me about get to know the word. Don't let anybody deceive you. Yeah, people say things they don't know. They don't understand. There's someone who's in charge. He's called the God of this world, the God of the existence of this world. Yes. Rain is supposed to bless, isn't it? Uh-huh. But then it changes to become something else. Who manufactured a car with the mindset that it will kill people? Did Benz, do you think Benz manufactured Benz thinking that it will kill people? Like he wants it to kill people. Is that, is that why he made it? Who, who kills people? Who uses cars to kill people? Who? A lot of factors. The driver, the road, other drivers. Isn't it? Is the manufacturer involved? Is the manufacturer involved? So take God out. He's not, he manufactured it for a good thing. But the factors that are around are what is causing him to become like that. So take him out. He begs. Tell neighbor, God begs you. Take him out. Uh-huh. It's not his fault. God is good. God is good. Righteousness is God's goodness. Righteousness is God's ability to be good. He's good. He's right. He's good. He's nice. That's how he is. Okay? He's so right that when wrong, he can't look at wrong. He can't behold wrong. Look at Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13. Habakkuk 1 13. God can't look at, he can't behold sin. The opposite of righteousness is sin. God can't behold sin. Okay? He says, thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil. He says, God is of purer eyes than to behold evil. And you cannot look on iniquity. God can't look on iniquity. That's why when Jesus was made sin for us, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the Bible says that he was made sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He was made sin who knew no sin. So that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus was made to be sin. He was made to be the epitome, the very definition of sin itself. So for the first time, God could not look on Jesus. Why? Because Jesus becomes sin. So God could not look. God is just. He's right. He's righteous. He's too righteous. 
It's too right. <laughs> and it cannot be held wrong. That's God. Okay? So, there are a lot of Christians who still call themselves sinners. That I'm a sinner. It's because they don't understand the word of God. And I want to show you. I want to try and help you. Okay? Go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Let's read from verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. Who is that one man? Who is that one man? Adam, right? How are you a sinner? Uh, How are people sinners? Do you think they are sinners because of the things they do? A child is born a sinner. Children are born sinners. He's not done any good or bad. But he's a sinner. Because he was born. If you are born by a woman with the seed of a man, you were a sinner. Haven't you heard people saying, Adam, Nana? Adam, Nana, Neme. Me, Nana, Ni, Adam. I mean, when they do something wrong, you tell them, why did you do that? Oh, Adam is my Nana. <laughs> Adam is my grandfather. The fact that you hail from Adam, you were a sinner. It's not because of the things you do. It's not because of the stealing that you stole. People don't go to hell because of the things they did. No, people go to hell because of what they are. Because of what they are. There are two types of sin. There's one that leads to death and there's one that does not lead to death. Let me show you. First John chapter 5. If any man sees his brothers, read it to me. One, to go. Everybody. One, to go. Continue. Verse 17. All unrighteousness is sin. And there's a sin not unto death. Have you seen it? How many did you see? Two, right? One unto death and one not unto death. One unto death and one not unto death. If you read in Genesis chapter 2, when God was giving Adam instructions, he told him that in the day that you shall eat of this fruit, in that day you shall die. Adam partook of the fruit. He was still alive. He didn't die. He didn't die. Because there are different types of deaths as well. There's spiritual death. There's physical death. And then there's eternal death. Three types of death. Two types of sins, three types of death. When Adam said, he didn't die. He was there. God told me, in dying, you shall die. You shall surely die. In dying, you shall die. What am I talking about? I have you exactly where I want you to be. <laughs> There's a sin unto death. And that sin is what we are born with. Every human being that is born into this world is a sinner. Do you, you don't have to teach a child to say Aboa or Kwasia. They, they grow. It's, even if you don't say it in your house, even if you don't say it in your house, they will still pick it up from somewhere. And they will start saying it. Children can be very selfish. They will not let you sleep when they come. They will sleep during the day, in the night, then they wake up. You hold them, you feed them, one hour. You put them down, 30 minutes. They are all over the place. Selfish. They don't know that you have to go to work. They don't want you to go to work. I have a friend who ran away from his house, his, his house with a child. You know, the child is there. He will just run away and say that he's going on trek. He's lying. You go and sleep in the hotel for five days. Just to receive strength and come back. <laughs> for reinforcement. It's not a small thing. 
Hallelujah. So, there's a sin that's... Okay, go to Romans chapter 5, verse 12, right? We're reading Romans chapter 5, verse 12, isn't it? Okay, so let's read. Wherefore, say wherefore. wherefore. As by one man. Who is that one man? Adam. Sin, this is the sin that is unto death. Sin entered into the world by that one man. Then it says, and death passed, and death by sin. Death came in by sin. Because sin entered, death also came in. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Why have all sinned? All have sinned because one man called Adam sinned. Are you seeing it? Mm-hmm. Next verse. For unto the law sin was not in our, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. This is very powerful, but that's not what I want to say. Nevertheless, sin reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned. This is so important. This verse is so important. Okay? It says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Who is the figure of him that was to come? Let's read this in other versions. Let's read this in other versions. But still death had the power from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not done wrong like Adam. Even when you have not done what Adam did. You didn't do, I don't know who of the fruit. No. You are not, you are not even there. We don't even know the fruit. You don't know how it looks like. Is it true? Huh. But because you are born by Adam. It is by birth. Because you are born by Adam. And Adam had done something wrong. You too, you have done something wrong. Yes, because you were all in Adam's waist. We were, oh yes, we were all in his spams. So we were part of his life. When Adam was partaking of the fruit, it was all of us who were eating it because all of us were in his waist. Yeah, it's a principle, it's a principle in life. That's why we have generational curses and those things. Uh-huh. You didn't commit the sin. But because your grandfathers did it, you will pay the price for what your grandfathers did. Thank God for Christ. In Christ, that thing ceases. But on a normal day, that thing works in a lot of people's lives. So they are struggling for things and they don't know why they are struggling. They go somewhere, they tell them that your grandfather killed somebody. And because your grandfather killed somebody, the sins, the blood of the person is crying against you. Yeah, that's what happens. So when Adam did that, thank God in Christ, those things don't function again. But if you don't know that it doesn't fast, it will function in your life. Uh, if you don't know, you'll be surprised. It will still be continuing. There are some families, nobody gets married. For more than five years. Because someone did something wrong somewhere. And because of the, the wrong that the person did, it affects everybody in the family. If you don't give your life to Christ, it will continue with you. Even if you give your life to Christ and you don't know that those things are not supposed to work in your life, it will still be working in your life. Yeah, Haven't you seen some before? For those who didn't sin precisely, you didn't do exactly what Adam did. By disobeying a specific command of God, still had to experience this termination of life. This separation from God. But Adam, who got us into this, also points ahead to one, the one who will get out, us out of it. Hallelujah. But I want you, like, sin is not something that, we are not talking about things that you do. It's some, like, what's, it's a nature. It's a nature. Okay? And it came by one person. One, one person's act. One person's action. One man, Adam. Adam did it. Everybody has done it. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is what? Is death. Where did that death come from? 
Where did that sin come from? What sin is he talking about? He's talking about what Adam did. And what followed after Adam did what he did. Why do people die? People die because of what Adam did. Yes, that's why people die. When you go to heaven, you can talk to Adam. Right, you see him. For the wage of sin is death. Have you seen it? Go back to Romans chapter 5, verse, verse 12. We are reading verse 14 now, isn't it? All right. It's okay. Verse 16 is okay. For, it says, but not as the offense, so also is a free gift. For if through the offense of one, if through the offense of one man, Adam, many be dead, how much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. Yeah. I'm coming. I won't, I'll explain it to you, okay? I'm coming. So, I want to establish that fact in your mind and in your heart, that sin is a nature. It's a nature. And people go to hell because of what they are. Yes, because of what they are. Look at John chapter 3, 16, 17, 18. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Isn't it? That whosoever believes in him should not what? But should have? Okay, next verse. Read it to me. One, two, go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you seen it? Are they going to hell because of what they did? Why are they going to hell? Because they did not believe in the, the name of the Son of God. Why, why is it that they are going to hell because they did not believe in the name of the Son of God? Because, because they already condemned. They are already going there already. The only thing that will save them, they don't believe it. So because they don't believe the only thing that will save them, they continue in that trajectory because that's, that's their line already. They are on their way to hell. And Jesus has come. Believe in Jesus and everything will be fine. They say they don't, they don't like. Because they don't like it, they continue in the normal road that they are on. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So we, sinners are not sinners because of what they are doing. They are not going to hell because of the things that they are doing. They are killing people. They are stealing. They are fornicating. No, it's not because of that. It's because of their nature. Their nature. Their nature. Now, if you believe that you were a sinner because of what Adam did, then you must believe that you are righteous because of what Jesus also did. So go back to verse 12. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Jump now to verse 17. Go to verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, how much more, if that happened, okay, how much more shall they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness? He says they shall reign in life through God, through, by one. They shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Next verse, verse 18. Therefore, as by the offenses, offense of one, by one man, judgments came upon all men. To condemnation. Even so, just like one man did one wrong and everybody was condemned, in the same likeness, by one man's obedience, even so by the righteousness of one. Who is that one he's talking about? He's talking about Jesus. By the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You see, because Jesus is the Jesus is God. 
Jesus did not have sin in him. Listen, let me show you how Jesus came. Do you know that before Jesus was born, he was not walking in heaven as Jesus? Jesus was not Jesus in heaven. There was nobody in heaven called Jesus. Okay, there was no baby Jesus. He wasn't a baby walking around before the father. And then the father called him and said, okay, I want you to go down there and go and die for some people. No, he wa- Jesus was the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. Okay, he existed as the word of God in eternity past, in eternity present, in eternity future. That, that is who he was. But God wanted mankind to be saved. Now, for mankind to be saved, you see, God has been sending his word all these years to man. But man could not obey God's words. Because of that, they are terrible people. Man is terrible. Okay? So, God wanted someone to come and die for man. For, and God can't choose any human being to do that. Because every human being who is born of a woman has the seed of sin. You can't use that. It's like uh, uh, sacrificing an arm robber for another arm robber. That arm robber will not save that, the new one. I mean, they are the same. They are all the same at the comments. It's, it won't work. So God had to send his word. The, the flesh is scientifically proven. The flesh of a human being, the body comes from the woman. The body comes from the woman. And the life, the life of a human being comes from the man. It comes from the sperm. Okay? Even researchers have spoken about how that if you keep sperm, you, you store sperms for some time, it turns to blood. That's what some people have researched into and found that found to be true. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So the blood comes from the, the man. The blood comes from the, 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 the sperm. That's where it comes from. And the body comes from the baby, the, the, the woman. Okay? So God needed a woman to give him body. That's all. And God found Mary. And when God found Mary, he put his word. The sperm that was used to fertilize the egg of Mary was not from another. It was from God himself. God fertilized the egg with his word. He spoke his word. And that word became flesh. John chapter 1 verse 14. It became flesh. And when that, so Jesus was not a normal person. Jesus was not normal human being. No, no, no. Jesus was, he's called the second Adam. You see, the first Adam was not born by the agency of a man. The first Adam was formed from the ground. And God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So he received life straight from God. And he had his flesh from the ground. Same thing. Jesus also received his life from God, but from it in a different way. So as Jesus was walking around, he was a second Adam. Okay? He was not in a, he was not just a normal person. He was different. He was God tabernacled in flesh. Like I was telling you, it was not, it's not physical. It's not something you can see. They couldn't see it until he had died and rose, rose, risen again and ascended. It was during ascension that they got to know. Hallelujah. So Jesus, you see, Jesus has not had, he had not had any contact to sin. The reason why Jesus could not sin was because of what he was. He could, he could, it wasn't possible. It's because of what he was. He was tempted, but he could not. The Bible says he was tempted in all points, but was found without sin. Why? Because of what he was, he was. He was God. He was not a sinner. It is sinners who sin. It is sinners. It is those who have the nature of sin who do the fruits of sin. There's a life of sin and there's a fruit of sin. The stealing that you see on the outward is what is a reflection or an expression of what is inside. 
That is why 1 John chapter 3 verse 9 says that whatsoever is born of God cannot sin. Because the seed of God remaineth in him. So, so long as you are born again, you are different. You are different. You are not. You are not. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, Jesus' sacrifice is pure. Because he did not have sin in him. He was made to be sin. He became sin. As he hung on the cross, the sin of mankind, past, present, future, was put into him. Do you understand? He could die for, that is why his sacrifice is pure. Nobody could sacrifice, nobody could give himself. But Jesus' sacrifice is, is pure. Okay. Let me show you some more. Go to Romans chapter 4. Let's read from verse 1. What did I say righteousness was? Righteousness is the nature of God. Okay? It's the nature of God for God to be right. Always. And when that nature is imputed, imputed or put to the account of a sinner, that sinner now has a right. It gives sinners a right standing with God. I want to give you an example concerning Abraham. What shall we say then? That Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found. What has he found? What did Abraham experience? Next verse. For if Abraham were justified by works. The word justified means to declare right. So God is the one who can justify people. Okay? God is the one who can declare. He's the just, just judge. So he's the one who can declare that this person is right. This person is right. This person is not right. This person is not right. This person is right. Now, if he doesn't declare you right, you can't stand before him. Remember, Adam was hiding. Why was he hiding? Because of what he had become. If sin clashes with God, sin will dissolve. Sin will just die. Okay? Uh-huh. So, Abraham became the friend of God. You remember? You remember Abraham became the friend of God? How many of you know that? How did Abraham become the friend of God? He's trying to let us know how he became the friend of God. Okay? For if Abraham was, was declared to be righteous by works, by his works, the things he did because he was a good person. Abraham was not as good as any other. He was bad like any other person. Before God met him, he was bad. He was just like any other person. Why did God choose him? God chose him because he believed God. So he says that for if Abraham were justified by works, he has whereof he to glory, but not before God. If he were justified by works, then he can say that he's something. I believe God. Do you know who I am? You go to heaven, Abraham will meet you and say, do you know who I am? I'm the one who did one and two and three for God to make me right before him. But Abraham was not made right before God because of his works. Next verse. For what's here the scripture? Abraham believed God. All Abraham did was to believe. Because God had gone to many other people to believe in him. They didn't mind him. When he came to Abraham and spoke to him, Abraham said, I believe you. Because Abraham said, I believe you. God, he says, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him. Because Abraham believed God, it was put, it was imputed into his account. His account, it was count, it was put into his account that Abraham is now righteous. So Abraham became the friend of God. How? Because of believing. Because he believed. And because he believed, it was imputed to him. Abraham was an ungodly man before he received righteousness. Even after he received righteousness, he did some foolish things after he did some foolish things after. But he could stand with God. Abraham was the only one who could stand with God. And God could say to Abraham that, listen, 
I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Can I hide something from Abraham who is my friend? Who shall become great? I can't hide anything from him. So God spoke to him and allowed Abraham to stand before him and talk to him and challenge him and t- tell him about whether he should, uh, he should do it or not to do it. And Abraham spoke to God and prayed to God and told God that if you find five people in there, will you kill, will you kill them? God said, no, I will not. God gave Abraham a right standing with him for him to be able to talk to him. You can't talk to God without righteousness. Yeah. Until he declares that you, you can stand before me, you will lie bad. You can't. So Abraham received the imputation of righteousness by virtue of his faith, his belief, and became the friend of God. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to verse 4. Now to him that worketh the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly. God justified who? What is the meaning of justify? To declare right, right? To declare not guilty, isn't it? God declares the ungodly. He doesn't declare Christians. Look at it. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly. God justifies the ungodly, not the godly. So actually, in the sight of God, eh, all men have been justified. All men have been declared not guilty because of the sacrifice of Christ. That's why the reference is always with all men. All men. men. So as a Christian, eh, actually, you are not the one who has received righteousness as a gift. Abraham was gifted righteousness here. He was not born again. He was gifted righteousness. This was a gift. Righteousness as a gift. So actually, Romans chapter 5, verse 17, is not with reference to Christians. Go to, go to, go back, go to chapter 4. So legally speaking, everybody in the world is saved, first of all, and is declared righteous. Legally. Because God justifies the ungodly. Let's read Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Romans 5, 6. All these things are in Romans chapter 5, chapter, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, 8. All the, they are, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a legal uh, document concerning righteousness and what God has done. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for who? Christ died for who? Did he say Christ died for Christians? Christ died for the ungodly. So legally speaking, the ungodly has received eternal life. The ungodly, not received, has, they have it. It's there, it's hanging on them. Until they believe in what God has done, they will not experience it. So legally speaking, that's why Jesus said that it's like a man, the king of God is like a man who has bought the whole field. He bought the whole field because of the treasure that was in there. So the, it was, the gift of righteousness has been imputed unto everybody. But as soon as you receive the life of God, you receive eternal life, you are transferred. You see, as a child, when is a child born human? When is a child, when does a child become human? How does a child become human? From when the conception happens. When, that, when do we see that he's human? When he's born. Does he become human as he grows up? Does a child become human the more he grows up? When does he become human? He's born human, isn't it? He's born human. Right? If by the offense of one man, everybody was declared a sinner by birth. 
by the righteousness of one man, who is called Jesus Christ, all those who become born again are also born as righteousness. So now that you are moving around here and just moving around, you are God's righteousness. That is why, that is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. These are not, we know the scriptures, but it's not, they are not ordinary knowledge. People, he was missing. No, it's more than that. It's more than that. He has made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? That we might be made the righteousness of God. We have become the very righteousness of God. You have become the very rightness of God. That is why our life is a display of the God, the God kind. That, that's actually, a, the Christian life is the display of the God kind, of the God life, of the God nature, of the rightness of God. So we bring in the rightness of God. We bring in the goodness of God. Don't you understand? That is why First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Let's read First Peter 2, 9. You see it. If by one man's wrong, if by one man's wrong, everybody was made a sinner, then by one man's rights, everybody is also made right. So if you believe that Adam made everybody a sinner, believe that Jesus has also made you a righteous man. It's as simple as ABCD. That is why we can pray. Listen, we can stand anywhere and pray. Before it wasn't, you couldn't do that. You had to travel. And even that one, someone needed to do that for you. You couldn't share. You are praying for where? The way we can stand and say, Father, we give you glory. You can just pray. You are going on a journey. You stand in your house. You just lift your hand. Father, thank you that we have a safe journey to Accra in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. That is your right standing before God. It is because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that you can do that. Without Christ, you couldn't have done that. Not at all. You couldn't. Why are you going to locate God to talk to him? But because of what Christ did, we have been made the righteous sons of God. We have a right standing with God. And that grants us boldness before God. That is why we can make demands in the name of Jesus before God. That is why I can lay hands on the sick and say, be healed. Not because, you see, I don't have a right standing with God because of what I did or did not do. I was born with it because it's my nature now. Do you understand what I'm saying? So righteousness does not mean that you did a lot of good during the week. So now you can pray over the weekend to God. You can come to church. Your confidence is high because this week, when, you, when we say lift up holy hands, when you start lifting up your holy hands, then you think, this week, this week, this week, what did I do? What did I do? Did I, did I steal? Did I tell lies? Then it starts coming to your mind what you did. Hey, hey, hey. hey. I, I remember. Hands down. No. no. It means that you don't understand what you have become. You have become the very righteousness of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. But we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises. Let's read the Amplified. The Amplified makes us understand that portion very well. But we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds. So God has, you, you are now the setter forth of the deeds of God. Do you understand the deeds of God? You are the one to bring God's doings. Whatever you are doing, it is what God is doing. So as I'm preaching to you now, this is what God, I'm the headquarters of God. Don't you understand? You have become the operating center of God. That is what you have become. 
You may not feel like it. You may not even think like it, but that's what, that's what you have become. Set forth. To set forth his wonderful deeds and display the virtues. The virtues, the character, the perfections of God who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. How, how is this made possible? It's made possible because of righteousness. Now you have the rightness of God. So you can display his rightness. You can display his rightness wherever you go. You can display his goodness. Do you understand? Wherever you go, the goodness of God comes there. Say wherever I go. Wherever I go. The goodness of God. Comes there. comes there. That is my life. Is my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read. Let me read some more. I, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. Okay. Yeah. It's not because of what you do or do not do. He says, if Abraham was justified, if Abraham was made right and declared not guilty by virtue of his works, then he will have something to boast about before God. But it wasn't because of it. It's just because he believed. He believed in God. That was why. That is it. You too, you are made righteous because you believe in God. You believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. So it says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. If ungodly men can, be, can have righteousness imputed to, into the, unto them, how much more those who are born again? If you are born again, then you are born with the life, the nature of righteousness into this world. That is why Jesus says that, except a man be born again. Except a man. You have to be born again. When you are born again, this is what has happened to you. You have become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't pray to God when you, when, you, when you are feeling fine. When everything is okay. You don't pray for the sake when you feel that you've not done anything wrong. No matter where you are coming from, you can pray for the sake. Everything will be fine. You don't believe it. Actually, eh, God will be wrong. To call you not righteous. That's another message. That he might be just and the justifier of all them who believe. He might be just and the... that's another time. Go to Romans chapter five. Let's go back to Romans chapter five. Let's go back to. I'm still I'm still preaching. For if by one man's offense. Death reign by one. Much more. How much more they which receive abundance of grace? How much more they which receive abundance of grace? And all the gifts of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Next verse. Look, I want this is my killer verse, so I'll come back to this. Next verse. Go to the next verse. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, say even so. Even so. Slap your neighbor and say, even so. Even so. By the righteousness of one. By the righteousness of one. By the righteous say it, by the righteousness of one. By the righteousness of one. By the righteousness of one. The free gifts. What's the free gift? The free gift of righteousness came upon all men. You see, he didn't say came upon all Christians. He says came upon all men. All men came upon all men unto justification of life. Unto being declared not guilty unto eternal life. So you are declared not guilty, then you are brought into eternal life. That is why with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And then with the mouth, his confession is made to catapult him into eternal life. Because without righteousness, without righteousness being imputed unto you, or being put into your account, you can't declare. You can't come in. 
So now that you have declared that you have come in, you are now the carrier of righteousness. Do you understand? So we stand before God with boldness. Righteousness gives you boldness to make declarations in God without fear or trepidation. Thinking about what you did or did not do. No, it's not by works. You better believe it. If you believe it, it will change your life forever. It will change your life forever. Because you, you, see, you say, oh, Pastor but, Pastor, but I've been doing wrong things. I've been doing wrong things. That is why I'm telling what I'm telling you. You see, our job is to show you the mirror of God. It's to show you God's word. And show you what you, are, what you really are. You see, they know not, neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. I have said that ye are gods and that ye are children of the most high, but you shall die like one of the princes of this world. Why? Because you don't know. So our job is to lift up the mirror of God for you to see what you have become. When you see what you have become, you begin to walk in righteousness. You begin to live in righteousness. You realize that sin cannot have dominion over you anymore. You realize that you are not, you are not a servant of sin any longer. Do you understand? What will make you sin? The nature of sin that will make you sin is what has been taken away by Jesus Christ. That nature has died. And the nature of righteousness has been supplanted. It has supplanted the nature of sin inside. Hallelujah. So now it is right. That is why you are tempted to sin. That is why you don't like, you don't enjoy sin. I mean, at first you could sleep around. You could have sex with anybody. But now you do something wrong and your conscience, you, you, can't, you are not comfortable. If the more you grow in the Lord, the more you realize that you, don't even, you can't even do some things. Yeah, you remove your trousers, you come to put things somewhere. Then the, 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 the parents will just relax like that. It's like, I'm a child of God. I can't do this. I can't do this. I thought I had energy for this. But my energies are not for these things. Yeah. Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if you are born again, sin is not dominating you any longer. It's important. You, you, you must. Last, that's why I began by telling you about the things that you have been told. What you have been told is what you will do. It's what you will become. So it's my nature. You see, the way when you were a sinner, when you were you were sin, when sin was inside you, you couldn't help yourself. No, can 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 a corn tree decide to produce pineapple fruits? No, a corn tree automatically produces what corn, isn't it? In the same way, now that you are born again, you cannot but produce the fruit of righteousness. They are fruits of righteousness. Okay? Fruits of righteousness. It's in the Bible. There's one in Philippians chapter 1. There's another one in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. That your, the fruits of your righteousness might, might abound. They are fruits of righteousness. You produce righteousness. You produce righteousness wherever you go. And that's what you're actually judged on. It says, you are judged based on your righteousnesses. The righteousnesses of the saints. You, as you do righteous acts. Okay? You are weaving gold, silver, precious stones into your wedding gown as a child of God. And on that day, you will not be judged on sin. You'll be judged on the righteous works that you did. Righteous. Say righteousness. Righteousness. Say I'm the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. So I do not steal. I do not fornicate. I do not insult people. I bring the goodness of God in wherever I go. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Can I go a step further? <laughs> Say it again, I'm the righteousness of God. Let me show you a scripture. Romans chapter 6. Let's read from verse 11. Romans chapter 6 from verse 11. So sin shall not have dominion over you. You see, the opposite of righteousness is sin. The opposite of sin is not holiness. The opposite of righteousness is sin. Okay? Righteousness is what produces holiness. Because now you have a right standing before God. And God is holy. His nature of holiness is imparted to you. And you can produce holiness as well. Are you seeing it? Rightness. The rightness of God. So uh, you don't only have right standing with God. Now you, you are the producer of God's rightness in the earth. You produce rightness wherever you go. That's why I always say that my life is, I, I build people's lives. I don't destroy people's lives. I'm a life builder. Say it, I'm a life builder. I'm, I'm not a life destroyer. If you meet me, your life will never be the same. Yeah. yeah. Tell your neighbor, if you meet me, your life will not be the same again. Because I'll change your life for the good. I'll bring the goodness of God to you. I'll bring the joy of God into your life. Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you understand? This, this is the rightness of God. This is what makes God nice. Makes God good. Makes God exciting. Yeah. This is what makes God's glory so powerful. It's his rightness. He can't produce evil. He only produces rightness. He produces good. Nice things. Yeah. It's like Christ. Reckon yourselves indeed to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Say, I'm alive, I'm alive. Unto, God. unto God. Say, I'm dead to sin. I'm, dead to sin. I'm alive to God. Do you understand that now you are dead to sin? You can't act. Sin can't have dominion over you. You can't act based on, on, on for sin any longer. You are different. If you don't understand that, you still be doing foolish things for sin. But if you understand that, you realize that your life is different. You are not. You are not the same. You are different. Just likewise, reckon. The word reckon means to put to your account. Put to your account that you are now dead indeed unto sin, and you are now alive indeed unto God. In other words, only God, you respond to only the impulses of God. Have you seen a dead body before? If someone was owing you and the person died, can you collect your money back from him? You can slap him and hold him and do whatever. You, he can't respond to you. Why? Because he's dead to you. He's dead to the physical world. So you too, he says that you are dead. Likewise, you to reckon, recognize, put to your account that you are dead indeed unto sin. But you are now alive unto God. So only God, you are alive only unto God. Yeah. So only God's instructions is what you can follow. You don't follow the instructions of sin anymore. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Look at the next verse, verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Don't let sin, because you are not the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So don't let sin have the rule. Yeah. So that you obey it in this last day. Of, you, obey, you obey sin. When sin tells you, go and fornicate, you just run. You are going to, it's like, God, I can't help myself. That's why I can't help myself. No. You are not a child of God. You now have the nature of God in you. You are not the righteous, righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Neither you do your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield your instruments 
Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God because you are now the righteous of God. So you can be an instrument of righteousness unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, I'm different. I'm different. Say it again, I'm different. I'm different. So, it helps you live the goodness of God. Now, apart from that, the other side of righteousness is that with righteousness, you reign in this life. Because righteousness, you have bold, now that you have boldness, God is the most powerful person you can think about in the whole of the universe. Now that you are right with him, look at Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Now that you are right with God, okay, and can stand before God without any condemnation. So righteousness produces the ability for you to stand before God without any sense of condemnation. You are not condemned. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. What makes it possible is the righteousness of God that makes that possible. You can stand before God without any sense of condemnation. No matter what you did or what happened. Do you understand? Oh, hallelujah. In 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, he says that if we, if we sin and we confess our sin, he's faithful and just. It's, he's faithful. God is faithful and just. It is his just nature to forgive you. And to cleanse you from any sense of unrighteousness. So that you can have confidence to stand before him and talk once again. Do you understand? Hmm. Romans 5 says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We, we now have peace with God. God is not a lock with you anymore. You are now God's child. Like God, you are the interest of God, don't you understand? God has fatherly instincts towards you. God cares affectionately and watchfully towards you. If you are born again, you are the one God likes. You are the one God wants to be with. Do you, do you have a beloved that you always want to be with? How many of you have a beloved you always want to be with? Or not even someone you just want to be around. Like, you always want to be around that person. God always wants to be around you. Because he's even living in you. I mean, he's just there. He, just, he doesn't want to go anywhere. He likes you. God likes you too much. So you have confidence before God. If you have confidence before the most powerful person in the whole world, how much more the devil? How much more demons? How much more troubles of life? You can stand before trouble and stand before tough situations and tell tough situations, situations that like, you are nothing. You are nothing. Shele for you. Shele for you. Are you listening to me? You are bread. So righteousness is what produces in you confidence to win in life. No matter what. That is why in Romans chapter 5. Go to Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Romans 5 17. Oh, I have so much to share with you. So much. For if by one man's offense death reigned and ruled, who can say he will not die? Death is a master. You can't say you will not die. But now that you are born again, you can say you will not die. Because Jesus has brought immortality and life to light. You can say that I will not die. And you will not die. <laughs> you see, you don't believe it. But it's still, it's still powerful anyway. For if by one man's offense, death ruled and reigned by that one man. How much more they which receive abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. Grace is God is at work in me. God is at work for me. God is at work around me. 
Okay, how much money will you receive abundance of grace? And of the gift of righteousness is they shall reign in life. They shall reign. They shall rule in life. Instead of death ruling in their lives, they will reign. Why? Because of grace and righteousness. They shall reign as kings. Where the word of the king is, there's power. Because of righteousness, you can say that my future is going to be bright. And that is exactly what's going to happen. Because remember, when God says, this is a man, it will become a man. She will become a man. So you two, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter where you are right now. You can stand boldly to problems. Boldly before situations and say, my future is bright. And immediately you say that your future becomes bright. Yeah. So you can reign. You can king in life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you have confidence in life. Righteousness brings you confidence in life. I will never fail. And you will never fail. It will look like you are failing. I'm not going to fail. It will just always work together for your good. Yeah. Righteousness. It gives you ability to reign. To reign as a king. To king in life. To king in life. To reign as a king. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever you go, everything responds to you. Yeah, everything responds to you. You see, I can, I can land in any country, anywhere, and not have anything on me. But everything there will respond to me. With time, it will respond to me. Yeah. I came into the city with one bag. One bag, one brown bag. Nothing. It's nothing on me. It makes no difference. I understood these things. I king in life. I king, I'm, I'm kinging in my own corner. Tell, tell your neighbor, watch out, watch out for me. I'm a king. Yeah. I'm kinging. See, I'm kinging. I'm kinging. Say it again, I'm kinging. kinging. Say, all things are mine. All things are mine. Yeah, because of the righteousness of God, all things are yours. So it's a nature, it's goodness, the goodness of God. You bring in the goodness of God, and by it you rule, you reign. You can stand before. No demon has that of hell can touch you. No demon. The demon that tries to touch you is in trouble. If you know your righteousness, no demon. They are even afraid of you. Listen, no prophet has had the opportunity to prophesy anything bad about me. They can't. What, what, what are you going to see? No, what are, you, what are you going to see? I remember I was in a certain meeting. Very wild meeting. The prophet prophesied to everybody. I was sitting in front. He came and he called me. When I stood up, he said, you know. You know already. That was what he said. Yes, he said that your future is too bright and you know it. You know it. Nothing can touch you. I said, yes, nothing can touch me. You know it. You see, I've so confessed the righteousness of God in my life. That no matter what anybody will see in the spirit, that is what you will see. That is what you will see in my life. That is what you will see in my future. There is no darkness in my future. No, that is not to say that, you see, you can see darkness. That, listen, life will present to you all kinds of challenges. But because of the righteousness of God in you. <laughs> when, you go, when you enter the darkness, you are the light. When you enter the darkness, you don't even see the darkness because you are the light. You come and darkness flees. That is your life. See, that is my life. That is my life. That is my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I've got the life of God in me. Say it again. I've got the life of God in me. 
I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm ruling and reigning in life. I'm ruling and reigning in life. I do not fail. Success is mine. I bring the goodness of God wherever I go. Because of righteousness is me. I bring goodness wherever I go. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I do not steal. Because I'm the righteousness of God. No, how is stealing the goodness of God? Do you get how stealing the goodness of God? I can't steal. The, 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 the nature in me produces the fruits of not stealing. Yeah. I can't steal. I'm a giver. Instead of stealing, I give. I'm a blesser of men. I don't destroy men's lives. I bring, I bring goodness into their lives. I bring the joy of God into their lives. That is my life. Say it again. That is my life. That is my life. life. Goodness. Goodness. Always. Always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say prosperity is mine. mine. Say it again. Prosperity is mine. mine. Rise up on your feet and just thank God for what he has shared with you. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.